Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We are starting this series called 10 this week, and I thought no better time and day to start a series called 10 on September 10th. Y'all see what I did there? Okay, you don't care. Okay, good. <laughs> September 10th. Uh, we're, we're starting this series called 10. And really, believe it or not, this series has really been God's put on my heart really for the last, since the beginning of the year, for the last year. God's put this series on my heart, and I've just been waiting, kind of figuring out when God wanted me, when we talk about it. Well, we're going to start, and it's going to be for the next 10 weeks. We're calling it 10 in 10 weeks on the 10th. You know what I'm saying? It's like the Holy Spirit was all up in it. But what we're going to be doing is people are like, what is 10, well, 10 what? Like 10 qualities of the commandments or what, are 10, uh, what is 10 What we're going to be talking about today and for the next, next few weeks, the 10 qualities of a disciple, the 10 qualities of a disciple. So I'm excited to start this series called 10 with you. And we're going to be journeying through the scripture and what we believe Jesus says, what it looks like to really be a disciple of Christ. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 28 in verse 19, it says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he says this, he says, in teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and I surely am with you all, always to the very end of the age. Jesus is here, and he's, he's already been crucified, he's already uh, rose from the dead, he's already met with all of his apostles and disciples and all the people, and he's just about to ascend to heaven. Right before he ascends to heaven, he says, hey, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go, and I want you to make disciples. I want you to understand the importance of making disciples. James chapter 2 and verse 17, this is James speaking. He wrote this scripture. He says, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Faith without works is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. James is the brother of Jesus, and he's saying, hey, I want you to know, believing in Jesus is great. Listen, that's how we receive salvation. The Bible says if we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord and he rose from the dead, that we will be saved. Everything starts, everything in the life of faith starts with believing in Jesus and believing. But James goes a step further, and he says, hey, I want you to know you can't just stop at believing. He says, faith without works, believing without works is dead. Works doesn't get us salvation. Faith doesn't allow us to receive salvation. That's all through believing in him. But then from believing in him now, my works go into action, walking out and living the way God has called us and created us to live. Discipleship. That's what being a disciple is. It's saying, I believe in Jesus, but I want to go further than be just believing. I want to now step out and I want to walk out and live for him. That's what discipleship is in our lives. And here's what's interesting. James says here, listen, it's okay to believe. You're doing well. He says, but know this, even the demons believe. Even the demons, even the devil believes in Jesus. So it has to go beyond just believing in him. I want to show you some scripture and what it looks like. And we should talk about the first quality of a disciple. But I know this, that we can't just stop at believing Jesus. We have to be people that are willing to fully follow Jesus, to fully follow Jesus. And that's the first quality I want to talk to you today about, about a, a, a true disciple of Jesus is one that fully follows 
Jesus, fully follows Jesus. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24, it says, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses the life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Luke chapter 14 and verse 25, it says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me. And follow me. And follow me. At some point, everybody's going to do it. And there it is. There it is. And follow me cannot be my disciple. Jesus is ministering to people, and he, say, he turns to them. He says, I want you to know, you can't be my disciple if you're not people that are willing to follow me. You have to go beyond believing, and you have to start following our faith and action. I love this because Jesus, he comes on the scene, and Jesus is so countercultural. We live in a society and a culture, and really probably since the day that even Jesus' day, we live in a society that is obsessed with leadership, that's obsessed with leading. We have so many opportunities in books and, and conferences and all these things on learning how to be a better leader, on, a be, on learning leadership skills, and we go to school for it and all these different things. And listen, leadership's great. I believe in leadership. But Jesus comes, and he's so countercultural. He flips the scene upside down, and he says, here's what I want you to do. He says, I want you to be obsessed with following. I don't want you to be so concerned with leading. Leading's important, but I want you to first be more concerned with following. Do you know on Amazon right now, there are over 57,000 books? You're like, yeah, I knew there was more than 57,000 books on Amazon, thanks. <laughs> Did you know that there were over 57,000 books right now on Amazon with the name of the title of the book, the word leadership is in it. There are over 57,000 books that have been written. I'm, not, I'm talking about leadership books. There are way more leadership books than that. But there are over 57,000 books with the word leadership in the title on Amazon right now. We are a culture that is obsessed with leadership. And Jesus says this, hey, you want to be a good leader? Why don't you learn to follow the greatest leader? Follow the one who said he was the, the one that, that came, and he is the way and the truth and the life. And so I want to talk to you today. Yeah, leadership's great, but I want to talk to you. How is it that we as Christians can be greater followers of Jesus? How do we truly fully follow him and taking our lives, just going a step further from believing and saying, I don't want to just believe, I want to follow him. And I'm going to give you some different things I believe the scripture talks about today as we read uh, throughout the text we just read. But I do want to say this. This series, um, I may step on some toes the next few weeks, okay? I'm just setting you up. I'm preparing your heart. I may step on your toes. Now, you're like, oh, I don't want my toes to be stepped on. Well, pick up your toes then. You know what I'm saying? Pick up your feet, you know. But I, I just want you to know this. We are living in a culture and a society. I'm not going to be mean. That's not what I'm going to do. But we live in a culture and a society that is so concerned with give me something I want to hear. And what happens is when we always hear what we want to hear, we're never challenged. If we're never challenged, we never grow. And my, my goal, my responsibility as the, the pastor of Experience Church, my goal, my responsibility is to help challenge you to grow. 
to help develop you to become who God has called you and created you to be. And so I'm going to challenge you. So your toes may get stepped on. Now, here's the thing about toes getting stepped on. It's painful. I've never had someone like jam someone else's toe and somebody say, man, that felt so great. Thank you so much. So don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at the toe stepper. Get mad at Jesus, okay? That's all I'm saying. I'm just preparing your heart as we go through this series together following Jesus. I'm going to give you some different things that the Lord was showing me, uh, the difference from a believer and a follower. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24, it says, then Jesus said to the disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. I wrote this down. Believers believe in Jesus as their savior, but live to please themselves. Followers believe in Jesus as Lord and live to please God. Believers Believe in Jesus as their Savior, but live to please themselves. Followers believe in Jesus as Lord and live to please God. We live in a society, in a culture, Christianity, where it's this, I believe in Jesus, but then I'm just going to go live how I want to live. And then as I live how I want to live, I'm going to turn back to him and get forgiveness when I need forgiveness. And I'm going to ask him to forgive me because he's my Savior and I need a Savior because I don't, I don't want to deal with the sin. I don't want to deal with the penalty. And so I'm going, to, I'm going to give it to him. But then I'm going to go back and live how I want to live. And I'll come back and I'll, I'll, get, I'll ask him again. And we have this concept that we believe in him, but we're still living for self. Well, a follower of Jesus says, I'm giving all that up. The scripture says, deny, deny ourselves. We're going to deny ourselves and say, okay, I don't want to please myself anymore. Now, it's not about me. Now, my heart is I want to please God because I know what he did for me and who he is. I desire to give my life to him. I desire to give my circumstances to him. See, oftentimes, hear me, oftentimes we don't want to even be saved from sin. If we're being honest with ourselves, we're just going to be real deep, we're going real deep real quick. If oftentimes, if we're really being honest with ourselves, we don't even necessarily want to be saved from our sin. We just want to be saved from the penalty of sin. We don't want the sin to be removed because we know that make, takes work. We don't wanna have to deal with the anger issues. We don't wanna have to deal with the lust. We don't, we're fine where we are. We just don't want the guilt, the consequences of the sin. We don't, wanna, we don't want the penalty of the sin. We don't, wanna, we don't wanna have to go to hell. And so we need a Jesus, to, a savior that can save us, but I'm gonna still live how I want because I don't necessarily want the sin to be removed. I just wanna be removed from the penalty of the sin. And that's not truly a follower of Jesus. A follower of Jesus says this, I wanna be removed from the sin so that I can truly live the way God has called me to live. Jesus is absolutely our savior. He absolutely came, the scripture says, and died so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be freed and from the penalty of sin. Absolutely. He took on the penalty of sin. Absolutely. But it goes so much deeper and so much further than that for those of us that call ourselves Christians. Then it's now not just stopping at Savior. Now we go to, now he's our Lord. He's our, he's our king. Meaning this, what you say goes in my life. I'm not here to please me. I'm here to please you. I, I desire to honor you with the way that I live my life. This is what a follower of Jesus looks like. Scripture says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5, when, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. This is Jesus speaking for when they, they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Here's what's interesting. 
Jesus comes on the scene, these Pharisees and these Sadducees, what they would do is they would dress themselves up in all these incredible looking robes and they would go into the streets and they'd be, they'd be quoting scripture and they'd be, they'd be yelling their prayers and they would put ashes on, on their heads and let everybody see what was happening and they, would, they, would just, they wanted everybody to know how spiritually, spiritual they were and people would come up to them and see them and say, man, these guys are so religious. These guys are so close to Jesus. Man, these guys are to God. These guys are so awesome. They actually knew the scripture so well that they had it memorized. They didn't have to look at scripture. They didn't have to read the Bible. They had the thing completely memorized. And so they would just quote scripture and and everybody thought these guys were so incredible. And Jesus comes along. He says, hey, I want you to know, I don't want you to be like those people. I don't want you to walk around. He calls them hypocrites. I don't want you to be like the hypocrites that you only are praying to be seen and you're only, you're only reading to uh, the scripture, knowing the scripture, quoting the scripture to be seen or heard from someone else. He says, I want you to go and when no one's looking, I want you to seek the Father. What does this show me? It shows me this. This is what I wrote down. Believers uh, seek to impress through being religious. Followers seek to know God through relationship. Seek, believers seek to impress through being religious. Followers Seek to know God through relationship. It's interesting because this really this is what religious heart, religious spirit, whatever you want to call it, really is. It's this concept of, okay, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to show up and I'm going to say the right things and I'm going to sing the right songs and I'm going to know the right scriptures and I'm going to put on the right clothing and I'm going to walk around and I'm going to have the right smile and I want everybody to see me because I want, to, I want people to know that I'm a Christian. Or maybe we, we try to impress God where we say, you know what, we're going to pray a certain amount and we're going to read a certain amount or we're going to have a certain devotion and we're going to go to a certain amount of services uh, because we want God to love us and we want God to think that we, that we care about the situation that he's asked us to, to obey him and honor him. So we're going to do these things because we're trying to earn this, this grace that he wants to give us and that's not the way God has called us to live. It's religious. God's called us to walk in relationship. That's why Jesus said, come and follow me. Follow me. See, we follow Jesus, followers of Jesus. We follow Jesus because we desire to know him more. The reason why we follow Jesus is not so that we can be better people, to be better humans. We follow Jesus because we desire to be close to him. From being close to him, then we begin to know him more. From knowing him more, then we start to live more like him. But we have it backwards in this mindset, this culture, and this society of where, okay, well, if I do the right things and I, I say the right things, I check the box that I went to church this week, and so now I'm feeling good, and so now I can go throughout my week, and I'm just kind of doing my own thing. And it's like we're trying to impress someone or God, and that's not the way God has called us to live. He desires for us to be people that walk with him daily in relationship with him. You ever, I don't know if you have, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but you ever been around someone that was famous? I've got the opportunity to be around a couple different famous people. It is what it is. And maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But it's interesting. When you're walking around famous with famous people, it's so interesting because everybody's wanting to you know, take pictures with the person. Everybody's wanting to talk to the person. Everybody's trying to come up to the person. Well, it's interesting because just because you're around that person, people want to come talk to you. People want to come hang out with you and be around you and, and, and acknowledge you and recognize you because you're around the person. I'm like, I have no skills whatsoever. I don't know why you're coming to talk to me, sir or ma'am. Like, you can get my picture, but nobody knows. You know what I'm saying? Let's smile. You know what I'm saying? But here's what's interesting. 
We can almost sometimes do that with God. We can do that with our spiritual walk. I can be around church. I can be around the things of God. And so because of that, I'm going to get this acceptance and I'm going to get this recognition that I want because I'm just around it. No, 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 no. It goes so much more than just being around Jesus. He wants us to follow him with our lives. Does that make sense? So important that we understand this. We walk out the way God has called us to live. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, it says, Therefore go and make disciples. We just read this for all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. He says, go and make disciples. And then he says, I love it right here, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. Isn't it interesting that he doesn't say teaching them to learn everything I commanded you? He doesn't say, I want you to go and make disciples, teaching them to go and learn everything I've ever said. Now, learning what God said is important, but here's what's happened. Oftentimes in our culture, in our society, people that have grown up in church or people that are walking with God oftentimes think discipleship means learning more. Discipleship is not learning more. Yes, we want to learn, but that's just believing. We want to learn because we want to believe in him. We want to walk with him. We want to know him. But discipleship is also saying, I want to now follow him and do what he says. Obey what he says, not just learn what he says. This is what I wrote down. Believers think church is a place to hear what God's word says. Followers think church is a place to do what God's word says. Believers think I come to church to learn what God is saying, to hear God's voice. That's great. That's incredible. If you're coming here to do that, I'm glad you're here. That's so vital. But there's a step further than that that I believe God has called us to, and that is this, that he's called us now to come to church. If you call yourself a believer and you're saying, you know what, I'm, I'm, I want to walk in discipleship. I want to follow Jesus. Then it goes to this. I want to go to church to hear what God is asking me to do. The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. The Bible says that he gives us pastors and teachers and prophets and evangelists and, 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 uh, and prophets, and he gives all five the fivefold ministry. Why? Not to help us learn more, but to equip us to do the work of the ministry. It's so important that we understand this because here's what happens. We can get into a place of where we come to church, we go to small group, we get on our podcasts with our favorite preachers on YouTube, and those things are great. And we just want to hear a good word. We want to hear a good word. Like, I love it when so, I, it's so funny. Like, people, they hear a good word, and, and all of a sudden, like, something that's just like a good one-liner that they, they never heard before, maybe some good revelation, and they're like, wow, man, that was good. Maybe we get to the point where we leave and we say, man, that was a good word. Maybe we're real spiritual and we get in the car and we actually talk about for a few minutes what was said. Man, that was so good when dot, 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 dot was said. Man, we're feeling real spiritual. I'm not just hearing the word, now I'm talking about it. But here's what's interesting. If it never gets from hearing it and talking about it to living it, we're off. The purpose of a good word is not just so that we can feel good about knowing more about Jesus. The purpose of a good word is so that we would get inside of our hearts to change us to follow Jesus more. Does that make sense? 
Man, it's real quiet in here. You know what I'm saying? Because here's, here's, I'm just going to be real with you. Again, I'm stepping on some toes. It is what it is. I'm just going to be real with you. We are going to be responsible for every word we've heard. When we meet Jesus, we will be responsible for every good word we have heard. And oh boy, if you're like me and you grew up in church, whoo, we had a lot of words. We'll be responsible to, for, for this. Did it go from here to here to here? Or did it just stop here? Or did it just stop here? But if it stops here or it stops here and it never gets here, we're never gonna truly be who God has called us to be. It has to get to the place of where it gets in our mind. We learn it. Learning's so important. I'm not saying don't learn. We learn, so important. Then it gets in our hearts. From our hearts, it begins to shift something in our lives where we begin to do and walk out who God has called us to be. To do what he's called us to do, not just hear it. Oh man, God's been challenging me to do it. Well, why haven't you? Oh, well, God's been challenging me to, to let go of that situation. Well, why, why haven't you? Well, it has to get past here and here. It has to get on our feet, and we have to walk out and follow Jesus. Why? Because if we don't follow Jesus, we'll never reach the full calling and purpose of what he's called us to in our lives. Is this all right? I know it's serious, but again, this is your first time. You're like, whoa, what's going on? Hey, we love you. You, you. you get a free pass. I'm talking to people that have been coming for a while. You know, they call themselves Christians. Hey, I just want you to know it's so vital that you would say, okay, I'm going to attend a church, not just to check a box. That's so religious. I'm attending a church because I want to be equipped to get out into the world and be the light of Jesus to those around me because I know the people around me are hurting and dying, and I have the answer, and his name is Jesus. And so let us be bold enough that we would follow him with our lives because we understand there's so much more than just us coming and checking a box. Is this all right? If it's not, I'm sorry. Love me anyways. John chapter 12 and verse 25. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. Where I am, my servant also will be. My, my father will honor the one who serves me. He says, anyone who wants to serve me must follow me. I put this, believers serve God if it's comfortable. Followers serve God regardless of the cost. Believers serve God if it's comfortable. Followers serve God no matter what the cost. Jesus is ministering in the gospels and He's healing the sick and he's raising the dead and he's preaching the good news. This man called the rich young ruler in the scripture comes up to Jesus and he says, Jesus, teacher, what must I do to be saved? Jesus says, hey, I need you to go. He says, I want you to honor your father and mother. He said, I want you to put God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. He says, oh, Jesus, I've done all that. Jesus gives him the commandments. He gives him the law. And he says, I've done all that. Anything else? And Jesus says this, we pick up in the scripture in Mark chapter 10 and verse 21. He says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Look at him and loved him. Excuse me, one thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in, in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. 
This man was so comfortable. Hear me. This man was so comfortable in his surroundings that he missed the opportunity. Hear me. He missed the opportunity to follow and walk with Jesus, the creator of the universe. I want you to think about this. The creator of the universe who chose to become flesh on this earth gave this man an opportunity to literally walk with him daily, to follow him. And this man, because he was so comfortable in his surroundings and so comfortable with what he had, the Bible says that he puts his head down and he walks away. What does this show me? I'm glad you asked. I wrote this down. Believe or serve God if it's comfortable and serve God regardless of cost. But I wrote this. The pursuit of comfort for this man caused him to miss God's calling in his life. The pursuit of comfort in this man's life caused him to miss God's calling to walk with him. Here's what's interesting. We live in a society and a world that is consumed with comfort. I'll say this, and I do believe this. I believe the greatest idol of our, of our generation, the greatest idol of our culture is comfort. I think the greatest idol of our culture and our society is comfort. We are so consumed, hear me, we are so consumed with, with comfort. We've set ourselves up so much and so well with comfort that oftentimes we don't even need faith. We're so caught up in, in what, what, what we have going on in our, in our surroundings and all the wonderful things. And listen, I'm not making fun of a, a nice house. And I'm not making saying a, a nice car. or nice, I'm not saying having money in your bank account's bad. That's not what I'm saying. That's all healthy. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's become such a pursuit in our lives that comfort is king, not Jesus. Our motivation to serve Jesus oftentimes comes back to we desire for him to give us a good life. We want that relationship. We want that, that provision. We want that blessing. What happens is it becomes so comfortable in our lives, we think that Jesus is the one that wants to bring comfort. But here's what's interesting. Jesus, not throughout any of the scripture, ever mentioned following him, and you'll find comfort. But yet we're a society, and a Christians, I'm talking about Christians, a society that is consumed with pursuing comfort, thinking this is the way Jesus is calling us to live. But here's the problem. When we pursue comfort, we'll miss the calling that he really has for us. It's interesting. And we can be so frustrated with our job situation. We can be so frustrated with our, our situation relationally and waiting on God, or we can be so frustrated with the friendship groups and all. We can be so frustrated with life that we start looking at other places to try to get God to move on our behalf and like, God, what are you doing? Where are you at? And we're so uncomfortable being uncomfortable that we end up chasing comfort and missing what God is trying to do in our lives because heaven forbid that God would ever try to do something in my life because I'm perfect. Heaven forbid that he's trying to work something out. No, he's not trying to work something out. No, no, God would never do that for me. No, 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 God just, he wants to bless me and take care of me and he wants to provide for me and he wants to heal me and he wants my life to be great and he wants me to have joy and he wants me to have peace. All those things are true, but that's not the pursuit of Jesus. The pursuit of Jesus is, God, I want to follow you no matter what the cost. 
It's so important because we're a culture and a society that, again, has been so consumed with this that I think that oftentimes, hear me, I think we miss moments with God and what he's calling us to throughout our day because we're so caught up in comfort. Just the other day, I was at the gym and just felt the Holy Spirit tugging my heart to talk to somebody at the gym. Simple as that. Started battling. I'm, I'm a pastor. And I start battling. Oh, I don't feel like doing that right now, God. You, you could speak to him, somebody else. You know, I'm a pastor. They're going to think I'm weird because I'm the pastor. And I'm just trying to get people to come to my church. And I'm like arguing with God at the gym while lifting huge. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, I don't know why you would laugh at that. Like you wouldn't expect me to lift huge. I don't know if I should be offended or not right now. Finally, no joke, true story. I'm arguing with God. Finally, the person, no joke, true story. The person comes and is working out right next to me. I said, oh. <laughs> He's got his headphones in. And I got my headphones on. And I was like. <laughs> true story. I said, man. I, he, I know the guy. We talk randomly from the, in the gym, and I know the guy. And I said, man, man, how's things going? How's your family? I just talking to him. And I said, man, I said, just, just, I didn't get all crazy spiritual. I didn't get weird, but I just literally I said, I said, man, what's one thing I can be praying for you about? He, he stopped. He started getting teary-eyed. And he gave me something to pray for him about. And he looked at me, true story, he looked at me straight in the face, teary-eyed. He said, man, thank you so much. I said, man, I'll be praying for you. Now, here's the thing. Was that uncomfortable for me? Absolutely. But if I'm so concerned about my own comfort, if we are so concerned about our own comfort in our workplaces, in our jobs, in our schools, in our gyms, in our neighborhoods, we can miss what God is trying to do in someone else's life. I want to challenge you. To follow Jesus is not to pursue comfort. To follow Jesus is this, God, God, no matter what the cost, I desire to walk with you. Why? Because this is what you've called me to do, and I'm going to follow you no matter what you ask, because I trust you with my life. Does that make sense? So important that we understand this. Here's the question I would ask you. And I, got, I got a couple more, but I said we got to hurry up. Here's the question I would ask you. We're talking about the difference from a believer and a, and a follower. In your life, and this is what I want you to think about. This is what the Lord's been challenging me with. In your life, if today you walked out of this church and you decided, I'm not going to believe in Jesus anymore. If today, hear me, if today you chose to walk out of this church and you get in your car and you say, I'm not, I'm not going to believe in God anymore. Here's the question I would ask you. What in your life would look different? Would your relationships be the same? Would our, would our speech be the same? Would what we watch on the streaming platforms be the same? Would the jokes that we tell and listen to be the same? Would our marriage look any different? Would the places that we go change at all? Because if not, hear me, if not, 
We may not truly be following Jesus the way that he desires us to. Why? Because Jesus has not called us to be like the world, but to be different than the world. But we're so caught up in pursuing comfort that we can miss what God is doing in our lives. If you stop believing today, would anything change? Oh, well, I wouldn't go to church anymore. Oh, well, I wouldn't read my Bible for 15 minutes a day anymore. Oh, well, I, I, I wouldn't give my tithe anymore. Okay, but would your life be different if you chose to follow, to chose to stop to, today believing in him? I wanna challenge you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. God has called us to be a people, not better than, but to live different than, to be a people that say we're pursuing him, walking with him, following him, because we know the life that he's called us to is the one we will find peace, grace, hope, love, joy. John chapter 15 and verse 18, very quickly. It says, if the world hates you, remember what it hate, what it, that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own. If you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world, I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world, the world would love you as its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. Believers want to be liked. Followers know that they are loved. Believers want to be like Jesus, look at him and says, hey, I want you to know you're going to be hated. We live in a society and a culture where, I'm not talking about being mean, that's not what I'm saying, but we live in a society and a culture where we desire to be liked so much so that we will never even step out and we'll never stand for truth and we'll never stand for what God's asking us to do because we're so concerned about, oh, well, we don't want, we don't want to be weird to them or oh, we don't want to step out and we don't want to make them feel uncomfortable and all these different things. And I understand those things, but here's what I know. At some point, God has called us to know that we're not going to always be liked. If you choose the standards that God has called you to, there's going to be times where you're not going to be invited to the parties. You're not going to be invited to the circles in the workplace, but that's okay. Why? Because the followers know that they are loved by a God that is greater than any person on this planet. Amen. So important. We understand that we're not called to fit in, but we're called to be lights. A light that would fit in wouldn't truly be a light. We care more about what people think. We care more about what people think of our actions than we do than God th what God thinks of our heart. We care more about what people think about the way we're doing things and saying things and, do and living than we do about what God says about our heart and how he feels and thinks about our life with him. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18, I'm closing, I promise. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus is walking on the shore, and he tells, he looks, sees Peter, and he sees Andrew. He says, hey, I want you to come, and I want you to follow me. And they're fishing. The Bible says they're fishermen. And he says, hey, now I want you to follow me, and I want to make you now fishers of of men. This is what I wrote down. Believers choose their own path and ask God to bless it. Followers ask God to reveal the path and they follow it. Believers choose their own path and ask God to bless it. Followers ask God to reveal the path and they follow it. We can be frustrated at a job. It's so interesting how human nature is. We can be so frustrated at a job or 
frustrated in a relationship, and we're like, oh, man, I got, I, I've got to figure something out. I don't know. Uh, and we're like, oh, well, I'm frustrated. So obviously if I'm frustrated, that means that I must be, God must be wanting to shift somewhere else. And so then we shift somewhere else. And then we're happy. We're like, oh, yeah, we finally got that shift. That sounds great, awesome. And then we're frustrated in the new position or the new thing. And we're like, oh, what's going on? Why am I still frustrated? It's because we're making decisions, expecting God just to bless our decisions. When God is wanting us to wait and follow his path, and then from following his path, then we say, you know what, God, we know that that's where the blessing and the provision and the joy and the peace really is. It's interesting because he says they were fishermen, and he says, okay, here's what I want you to do. That's what you were, but I want, I want you to know I'm going to make you fishers of men. Now, here's what would happen in today's day and age if Jesus came up to us and he said, hey, I want to make you fishers of men. Most of us, this is probably what we would do. We'd say, okay, that's cool, Jesus. I, man, I'm hyped, Jesus. Man, I'm excited to follow you, Jesus. Woo, this is going to be tight, Jesus. Let's rock, let's roll, let's do it. Okay, but Jesus, I got a few questions. Number one, Jesus, what are, the, what are the hours? Is it like a nine to five thing? Like, how many hours are you expecting me to do this? Because, you know, I got to make sure I got some time for myself. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, a, I'm an introvert. For those that are introverts, I'm an introvert. I need some me time. What do the hours look like? And Jesus, let me be honest with you. Jesus, I need to know what's the pay look like. What's the pay? Like, because I need to, you know, Jesus, like, I got to take care of myself. Like, Jesus, I got to take care of my family. I got some kids. Jesus, I, what's the pay look like? like uh, Jesus, I, I'm a fisher of man. Like, what, 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 what are we going to be getting paid? Who's, who's hooking us up? How many years is this degree, Jesus? Like, I, how many times, how many more years I got to be at school? Jesus, I got to be another four years. I ain't doing this if it's four more years, Jesus. What, what, what does it look like? What are the benefits? What are some of the benefits I'm going to get from this? Jesus, this fisher of men process, this new job that you're asking me. And here's what happens. We can wrap ourselves up so much so when Jesus asks us to do things and we get so caught up in thinking of all the ways we think it should go in ourselves that we miss it. When Jesus, when he calls us, he just wants us to trust him. He wants us to say, I, I trust God, your plan. I trust your purpose. And so, Jesus, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to lay it down. The scripture said, Jesus said it. Anyone who tries to gain the, the world loses his soul, but who lays down his life and lays down his, his, the world gains his whole soul. So, Jesus, I want to lay down my life. Why? Because I desire to walk with you and follow you the way that you called me to on your path, not on my own path. If I would sit your children down, for those that have children in the room and online. If I got to sit around the table with your children, for those that are single in the room, you're like, what about me? If I was sitting around the table with your best friend, your BFF, if I got to sit around the table with them and I said this, if I asked them one question, tell me about your dad. Tell me about your mom. Tell me about your friend. Here's the question I would ask you. What would they say? Oh, man, he loves me. He's a good dad. He takes care of me. He goes to games with me. He, he takes me to the park or, or my friend. Oh, they're always there for me. They're calling me. They're always looking out for me. That's all great. But how long down the list would it take for them to say they're a follower of Jesus? Because a good dad is nowhere near as important 
as being a follower of Jesus. Because being a dead can't save my soul. Being a follower of Jesus is where I find life and life more abundantly. How long down the list with your friend would it take for them to say, oh, that person loves and follows Jesus with all their heart. That's what I want for our church. That's what I want for my life. I want all of us to be people that are so in love with Jesus that we say the first thing that comes to somebody's mind is that person follows Jesus and I know without a shadow of a doubt in my mind. Because I know this. That's what being a light truly looks like. That's what being a light truly looks like. It looks like us turning our lives over and saying, Jesus, that's what discipleship is. God, I'm laying my life down to follow you because I know the life that you've called me to is so much greater than my own life and my own comfort and my own situations and my own, my own circumstances and my own thought processes and my own paths. It's yours. It's what I want for our church. I don't need to have a big church. I don't, need to, I don't need to pastor a big church. Here's what I need to do. Here's what I want to do. I want to pastor people that follow Jesus. Because here's what I know. You follow Jesus. And we have a bunch of people that follow Jesus. You can't, you can't help but make a great impact wherever you are. So my challenge. Do you follow Jesus? Not just believe in Jesus. Do you follow Jesus? Do you fully follow Jesus? Because that's the life that he's called us to. Amen. Would you stand with me as we pray this morning? God, I thank you so much.